Welcome everybody, this is Ogilvy Street here, doing the 60th session of the Experimentalist podcast, and um, you know, I'm coming off of actually not a week-long break, but I did not put out an episode last week. But I will say it's not for lack of trying almost I started on an episode last week and it was it had the potential to be an interesting one to say the least um for those of you that you know pay attention to this episode from time to time you may know that I have a good pal named Karsh McCabe and I actually ran into him last week and you know I really thought we were going to be able to try to do one of these experimentalist podcasts together didn't quite work out and that's alright you know we'll uh probably get into a little bit of what went down. We actually did record a little bit of music, and then, you know, the universe got in the way. That's kind of what the universe does. We try to take control when we can. But then there's just those periods where the universe gets involved. this week sounds okay. I know that I recorded it at a lower volume than I think I typically do. Um, partly to see how that comes across. Like, 
some of the weeks I record everything too loud, so there's clipping and uh, some some sound effects or noises or notes um, sound crunchy when they're not supposed to. Uh, and it makes it hard to differentiate from the times where I want it to sound crunchy because then that just sort of sounds like a mistake. So I'm trying to still mess around with that in the recording process. Um, so this week I had the the mic actually turned down real low so it wouldn't pick up as much, I guess. But I don't know. Um, anyway... I just wanted to bring that up in case the music turns out to be too soft or, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be very ballsy, but that I don't think is the problem with the microphone. And that's the problem with my playing. Um, but anyway, before I do get started on anything, uh, maybe related to, the missing episode from last week and my really bizarre interaction with Karsh McCabe, um, our first time coming in contact face-to-face with one another in years. Um, I can't even remember the last real time. Yeah, I think... um, I think I've had more dreams that I was hanging out with the dude in recent times than real lifetimes that I hung out with the guy. So anyway, um, I do want to quickly, before the music comes back in, before we kind of check in with that and see what's going on, how it sounds, I want to send a quick but heartfelt shout out to my man Jamie Z of Rattlesnake and the Z's. Um, got an awesome chance to hang out with the guy, and he is one of the cool ones. So, good to see you again, bro. Can't wait till next time. Now let's get back to the music here a little bit. Check that out, and I'll, you know, work out the details. Back in a little bit. Peace. Thank you. 
podcasts um you get into a rhythm i do sometimes where um i don't know what it is i can start knocking these things out but they're not easy to do for a multitude of reasons they take a long amount of time i don't necessarily know what everything's gonna sound like I don't always know if I'm going to want to say anything. So the next part of the story that I want to get into starts out a little bit weird because it takes place in the future. So this band that I'm in, Life on Mars, has a gig coming up on January 7th of 2016. Um, so on that night, we're playing at the Camel. It's in the middle of our second set, I believe. And some of the material in that set we're still trying to work on. Um, it's not 
it's not, I guess it's just not as polished as the material in our first set that we played at Carey Street Cafe. And it took us a while to put the band together. Um, and in that time, we were working on some songs and getting a, a few things down. And we just had more time to work on the first set. The second set has been... We've had to kind of rush it together. So anyway, everything's still cool with it. We're playing in the second set at the Camel. Now, this is on the 7th of January next year. At that time, I'm, I'm playing... I think it was Golden Years or something like that. Which has a lot of chord changes, so I'm concentrating pretty hard trying to keep the whole song together. And I notice out the back window that there's a group of individuals kind of, you know, pushing each other, seeming like they're about to get into a fight. And they start banging on the window and we're playing right there so it starts to take my attention a little bit but I'm at the same time I'm trying to focus on the song we're playing and trying not to lose it then I I can't I can't stop looking at the window to see how this fight is escalating I turn at one point and I think right then I just completely stopped playing altogether I look at the window and the crowd of people sort of splits like the parting of the Red Sea and in the distance off the side of the sidewalk kind of in the middle of the road there's a huge guy running with another huge guy on his shoulders straight at the window and when they get about three feet away the guy running slams on the brakes and throws the guy that was on his shoulder through the window of the camel and the first thing I thought and it was stupid it was selfish but I I was glad that I was kind of against the wall so when this guy flew through the window it didn't hit any of my equipment um, it kind of took down part of the drum set maybe like a couple speakers and a, a mic stand or two um, nobody really was hurt but the music came to a stop, obviously. And I looked down, the guy had a hoodie on. And he was trying to get up, he was on his hands and knees. And then he turned to me, and I saw him in it. It was my good pal Karsh McCabe.
So Karsh was actually in town to go to a wedding. His own. When I found that out, it was a little bit later at night. The whole gig got scrapped after that, you know, fight broke out. So, you know, we all cleaned up our instruments, got the hell out of there. Karsh and I went to a restaurant nearby. I don't even think it had a name. It's not one I've ever been to. Never even noticed it before, really. It doesn't have any signs. We ate soup. I guess things didn't go that well with the wedding. You know, years ago he was mixed up in some pretty bad shit and made a bunch of enemies. Looks like they chose his wedding day to come back and try to even the score. I don't know how they made it all the way to Camel, but knowing Karsh, I'm sure there was a high-speed chase, a few dead bodies, just sweet, sweet carnage. So yeah, that stuff goes down. We make it to this restaurant. We start eating soup. We're not talking that much, especially not as much as you would think after not seeing each other for so many years. But when things change so much, what really is there to say? You could try to catch the other person up. But it means so much more to chop it all down into little bitty details just so another person's aware. Excuse me. I had to take a sip of a Victory Golden Monkey triple ale with spice added. You know, Victory's making quite a name for themselves, and uh, I applaud them. Good work, fellas, ladies, and gents. But 
I think where we're at is trying to make sense of the lost time. Where did it all go? And why don't I remember what it all meant? seemed to be talking around in circles when I could get him to actually say something. You know, and he wasn't eating his soup either. So I wasn't exactly sure what he was doing. Just sitting there, I guess. Maybe dealing with the stress of it all. I mean, it's hard to really imagine. You see it sometimes in the movies. The wedding day gets interrupted by complete disaster. And then that disaster puts you inexplicably face-to-face with an old friend that you just grew apart from. So much so that you were getting married and didn't even tell your old pal. Ogilby Street. But then, you know, the whole situation starts to feel so important because it's like fate bringing people together. We live for that, right? So what am I trying to say? So... Karsh is sitting here, maybe trying to figure out what went wrong, I'm trying to help, but there's so much silence in between, and I can't stop thinking about how I haven't run scales in two days. you do you start thinking what do we do any of this stuff for why do we work so hard why do we sacrifice 
so much. But I think at that point, you just... I mean, you almost can't avoid it. You just go back to work. I had a dream that Karsh McCabe sort of died the night after that. And I was upset because I couldn't express myself clearly enough or I didn't allow myself to become honest enough when I had the chance. And then I ran into this doctor coming out of one of the VCU medical buildings. And the doctor kind of immediately knew what the deal was, with me anyway, because he was already explaining how the, his theory was that the complete soul of a person takes six days to completely disperse from our atmosphere, and he was developing this tonic that could put a living human being in the presence of a recently deceased person. I told him immediately about what had just happened 
that Karsh McCabe just passed away and I had all these leftover things that I was trying to explain to him and, and, and things that I wanted to learn still from him. And the doctor pulled me aside and he said, we can do this. I've got the serum. I just need a guinea pig. And he was forthright about that. That's all he wanted was a guinea pig. And he saw that in me. Well, what could I do? I had to go give it a shot. He strapped me up to a chair quick. Gave me IV needles in both arms. And I'm telling you. I went deep. doctor like I had decided to do all of this stuff and I was in a dream but it it did start to give me the experience like I might be dying and when I started to accept that that's when I ran into Karsh McCabe a second time and at this point I was so 
delighted to see him another time that I couldn't pass up the opportunity. The opportunity to ask Karsh McCabe, the Karsh McCabe, my good old pal, to do a podcast with me. Now, it seemed like a crazy idea, not only because I usually do these podcasts by myself. And I didn't mean for him to just play, try to play some music with me. I meant sit down and kind of meet each other once again, but this time recorded on microphones in front of music that we just recorded. I thought it would would be a fantastic idea. My mind was just shooting from side to side with all the possibilities of what it could be. And then he agreed to do it. We played all kinds of weird stuff. We hadn't played instruments together, and and we played all keyboards, I believe. Maybe a little bit of guitar in there, but... It had just been such a long time, it was just a blast. But then when he sat down with me and we started recording the thing, he started to explain. Each and every tragedy over the years. Things that, after getting thrown through that plate glass window at the camel, he just couldn't cover up anymore. That's when I turned the microphones off and pretty much simultaneously I woke up. And I couldn't remember exactly which parts were real. By that time, Karsh had split. Who knows when I'll see him again. Who knows? Thank you.
All right, everybody. That's going to do it on the 60th session of the Experimentalist Podcast. This is Ogilby Straight. Thanks for listening, if you made it this far. Thanks again to Victory and their Golden Monkey. And thanks again to Jamie Z of the classic never forgotten rattlesnake and disease someday we'll get into the whole history and the large story of that band but until then until next time thanks for listening to the experimentalist podcast take it easy peace Thank you.